welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name's Christina. I'm your host for this week. Um, Nina is gone again, but she'll be back next week because winter break's almost over, which I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a bad thing, but a good thing for me because one more quarter till I graduate. So excited about that. But anyways, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has subscribed, everybody who shares our podcast, everybody who's left a rating and review. It means the world to us and we really appreciate it. Um, That's how you get the word out about these kinds of things. So just showing your support seriously like means everything to us. You can subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. Either one works. If you want to submit a topic or ask a question, make a comment, you can go to actuallyadultish.com or you can email us at actuallyadultish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at actuallyadultish. You can follow us on Twitter at actuallyadult and also on Facebook. Just search actuallyadultish. So yeah, cool. This week... We are going to talk about something a little more serious, a little more, um, well, it's close to my heart, and this week we're talking about eating disorders, and I don't exactly know where the conversation's going to go, because I haven't recorded it yet, I'm doing the intro right now, um, I'm going to get my friend Kate on the line soon, um, Kate Van Horn, who has been on the podcast before. You can, I think it's called Holistic Health with Girls Who Kill It. She was on with her partner, Jess, and Kate runs the blog com. She's also in charge of, well, she's one of the founders of the Good Society, the Good Fest in April, which I'm going to. You guys should go to as well if you haven't already. Um, yeah, she's awesome, and we are good friends, and I'm really grateful that she's willing to come on and talk about this with me because it's so important and I feel like not enough people talk about it. And I'm a very open person. I know not everybody is as open as I am and that's the point of this. I'm willing to put myself out there um, and maybe this can help you. But I do want to start off by saying if you think that listening to something about eating disorders might trigger you, then maybe don't listen to it. Um, the point of this, Kate and I have talked about this, is we just want to be as open and candid as possible and we're going to talk about how we are feeling and just, I don't know. I don't really know exactly what we're going to say, but if something comes up, I just I just want to preface, I want you to know what we're going to be talking about because don't put yourself in a situation that's going to trigger you if you think it might. And everybody, if you're going through recovery, you know what that is. So I'm going to go ahead and get Kate on the line and let's do it. Hey, Kate. Christina. How are you? A long time to talk. I know. (laughs) What's going on over there? (laughs) I'm putting out a live story. To get people to send questions? Exactly. I'm telling them, hurry, because I didn't think to do it earlier, so I'm so sorry. That's okay. Well, we have some questions. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes. So you're happy to be excited about, but I am. Well, no, I know. I feel the same way, but I think this is very important. I said that in my – I recorded an intro before this, and I was just talking about how I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this, and I want to. Absolutely. So, I mean, why, why are you excited about this? 
I'm excited about this because when I started my Instagram blog, everything, my brand, I guess, um, obviously it was about the food, but the true underlying message was about my story in recovering from an eating disorder and just how to like view food and your body and yourself um, differently. Yeah, definitely. And you helped me a lot with mine. I remember reading your post about like gaining weight and like clothes. Yeah, I love that post. I will say I wouldn't I mean it's definitely not like my most popular as far as page views or uh-huh. numbers. Um but yeah, that's actually probably my favorite post. Yeah, I've read that quite a few times and I remember that was like the post that like when I first found you I read and I was like, "Oh my god." And then I just like felt like I wanted to be your friend. And then yep. I stalked you from afar for a while. <laughs> oh my god. Glad you're no longer stalking me from afar because I know. And now, now we I- now we don't go longer than like 20 minutes without talking to each other. I know. I like feel weird when you're not talking to me. I know. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we're going to start off. So we have questions. Um, we're going to start off by just like talking about what happened to each of us. And then we'll go into the questions just to, I think, establish some context. So Kate, you want to start off? Sure. All right. Okay, so both of us could probably go on for a long time and, and give like the full story, but um, condensed version is that looking back now, having gone through treatment and, and now in recovery, I do see that I actually had a very disordered body image and just views on food probably when I hit like puberty and really like understood what it felt to be self-conscious about your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of when it started. And, and I, like, I started understanding like, oh, like that food is fattening or something. I, that kind of context came into play. And then, I don't know, I, was, I always danced too. So that was kind of triggering in a way because, you know, we're in like leotards. Um, but for the most part, I was I, was I feel like and- dance is like known as like to breed eating disorders. Definitely. Like- so as a psychology major, every everything we learned about eating disorders, it was always in the context of dan- dancers. Absolutely. I was actually really lucky. I had a studio where like we weren't very competitive and it was really truly for fun. And I don't think that that environment um, negatively affected me to the point where like I can blame it. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are definitely areas of like the dance world that are really bad. But um, mine, I think like no matter what sport I played or activity I did, I think it was just bound to happen kind of just yeah. based on like how I'm programmed, I guess. Um, but anyway, so senior year of college, I started becoming really anxious and really, really like hyper focused on my weight. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because I was going to college and I was so scared to go over there to Arizona, which was across the country from me. And I don't know. I just started to watch every calorie and I started seeing results and I started seeing that I was losing weight and I might have been like I was always a little curvier I guess and I started getting compliments like you look great and at that point it started to just feed the obsession even more and it just continued to grow and then by the time I got to um, college where I kind of was like unsupervised I didn't have parents watching what was going on my my old friends who kind of knew like my normal um, wasn't around so I just went full out yeah. <laughs> and it became my whole life. And I, I started um, pretty much only obsessing about food. I, I certainly wasn't 
really taking in the classes or, or the experience. And I was going to the gym multiple times a day. I was just doing some weird, weird shit, which I'm happy to share more in this podcast. But, um, yeah, it got it. It's crazy how quickly it escalated. I think a lot of girls sometimes will say a lot of women in recovery, maybe it took them years. It really only took me about a year and a half until I had to like go to treatment. But that just shows you how quickly it can snowball. Yeah. Well, how did you realize you had a problem? I didn't really. My family did. So I came home. I remember pretty distinctly. I came home for winter break and I was clearly just not myself. I was like not acting myself. I obviously didn't look myself anymore. And um, my dad pretty much ultimated me and just said, like, you're going or you're going out of school or mm-hmm. we're taking you out of school. So Interesting. Um, it took me a few months of treatment to really accept that, like, okay, like, yeah, this is a problem. I think, like, I knew I just didn't want to face it at all. Yeah. So I just convinced myself that I didn't. Like, I, I've written about this, like, not on the blog or anything, more just, like, in my own journal. But I realized that, like, when I came home for that winter break, I packed – well, you know what it's like to pack for winter break. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was – I had to, like, check a bag, and I put my scale in it. Oh, and then my it, my scale. Did you went, really? Yes, because I didn't – I even though I could find another scale here, it wasn't the scale that I'm used to weighing myself on. Oh, so I, my God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So look, looking back at that, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Did people at school say anything to you? Like – Yes and no. Um, I'd say that some just, like, truly didn't know me before. So they were just like, okay, she's really thin. Yeah. Like, it was just a, it was a hard place for them not having any context of of who I used to be. But then I've always been a person that kind of just sticks with like a core group of, you know, four or five people. Like I, I'm not really one of those have a huge group of friends. Yeah, so, me neither. <laughs> yeah, that's why we get along. Um, <laughs> the people who I became really close with, they started to like catch on, and they were actually extremely supportive in the process of college and recovery too. So let's just like get real blunt. Okay. So like, were you not eating? Like what <laughs> no, was, that's the thing I was eating. Okay. Um, I was eating much less. I was eating in an extremely regimented way in a, in a very weird way. Um, just not what you typically, like not well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And I was also, working out a ton. So I was, I was absolutely not nourishing myself with enough, but you know, that's very common. Like you assume that someone with anorexia only eats like 200 calories a day or 500, whatever it is that this, this idiotic number that, so I definitely went over what you probably believe was the magic, I don't know, number, but yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why I want to ask you because I think people have this, view that they'll be like well I've seen her eat like like honestly you can be eating like what some people think is a normal diet and still I don't know you know what I'm trying to say like yeah people think that oh like anorexic people don't eat anything or they eat just like one banana I like you know just like and it doesn't have to be like that somebody can that's why it's so easy for people to get away with it they can eat multiple meals they just are smaller like and you can still I mean 
here's the thing too. And I hope we talked about this before the podcast, but like, I hope we get into maybe like signs if someone, you know, is struggling, but, and we'll get to that. But I think you need to understand that like people who have eating disorders are extremely sneaky. Yeah. So I was lying to everyone. Like Mm -hmm. I, it was the most dishonest time of my life. So you put on quite the facade because you know, like, oh no, I'm going to go see this person. They're going to say something. I have to pretend to eat. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a game. It's not really fair to like say, oh, I saw her eat. She must be fine when you don't know what she does at the gym or in response to eating that meal. So you were working out multiple times a day? Yeah. So I'd wake up, work out, go to the dining hall, have an extremely regimented breakfast, go to class, have a regimented lunch, go to the gym, come home. Oh my God. I don't know how you fit two <laughs> workouts in a day. And then I would do like like the compulsive like movement. Like if we were in our dorm, I remember like if my girlfriends and I were sitting in the dorm and like just talking and like the bachelor's on, like I'm doing crunches. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't just sit down and yeah. just let it go. Yeah. And I think it's so Yeah. I don't know. You gotta be careful with that. I know people like promote that's it's like i see this shit on magazines and like online and they're like do squats while you like like do your like laundry yeah no 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 it's like well it's like it's like all you have to pay attention to the context like okay yeah if you don't work out and like sure fit it in when you're doing laundry but that's for somebody i can see somebody who has an eating disorder maybe that person already worked out two times that day and like oh well i have a free minute so i need to do more squats right now that is out of control that's a different that's different than like i don't have any time to work out and i have two minutes right now so i'm just gonna do it like that's different you know Make, yeah making the most of the time you have yeah Absolutely. it's it's totally different um and about magazines you can run with anything they say yeah yeah no that's why it's scary um okay and yeah i want to get into the recovery more but i guess okay i'll give my short spiel yeah sorry no and then and then we'll talk about recovery because i want to ask you about that um okay so basically my god i don't even know okay mine started off as like binge eating so i was super depressed um i think as everybody knows i pretty much despise college and i was just like felt like my life had no purpose i felt like every day was so stupid and i hated it and I just started binging and I would sit there by myself crying in my dorm and I would eat like pints of ice cream and my thing, what I would binge on, I would usually do um, bags of chocolate chips and like I could go through like two whole jars of trail mix in like a night. Like with my with my bags of chocolate chips, and then I would get ice cream if I could, and I was just it would it became a pattern like, and it just every time I was upset, which was very often, that's what I was doing, and like I also felt like I'm like a naturally thin person. I've never like worried about my weight really beyond like beyond like I think that just growing up in society, everybody feels like oh I need to be thin. Like there's some level of like make sure I don't get like overweight you know yeah I've never been like I was never like worried about you know like I don't know um so I think that I was so I was doing this and I just felt gross and I was like 
Well, it doesn't really, I get, I, I was like, it doesn't really matter because I, <laughs> it sounds so fucked up, but I was just like, well, I know I'm not going to gain weight because I just didn't like, yeah, no, and I understand what you mean. Yeah. That was like my mindset. And after a few months of that, I just felt like a piece of shit. Like I felt disgusting and I probably I, out of control. Too. Yeah. I just felt out of control. I just felt like I need to pull my life together now. And like, I also like. I don't know. So at that point, I was like, okay, I want to become healthy. So I made a total like 180 and I started like going to the gym and I started eating way cleaner and I just, I, st- I stopped. And I, I mean, I look back and I'm impressed that I just stopped. And then everything was going pretty well. I was like being a normal person. Um, then I started realizing how great exercise felt. Um, and then I just started adding more and more and reading reading more and more health stuff and like following how how the magazines and the internet told me I should eat like to be healthy which I thought it was being healthy but was really way too low calories and I was literally doing like a bodybuilding routine and I would just felt it was just it just kept growing and growing then yep. I got sick and something happened with my stomach and I started like losing weight and like it was complicated because I couldn't tell where I, like I thought like I was losing weight both because I was over exercising and under eating and because something happened to my stomach. So mm-hmm. then it just accelerated like crazy then I started having these extreme reactions to foods like gluten, dairy, carbs, um, and I became severely afraid of them. Like severely afraid of them. Like something ha- it's a long story, but basically I had to cut carbs. I had to cut sugar out of my diet to clear my candida. And when I added it back in, like I remember the first time I had, I ate like sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and I fainted and that scared the shit out of me. Like, and so I was, that just spiraled into this extreme fear of carbohydrates. And then like, I also was like no gluten, no dairy. Cause I knew how sick it made me. And I was still exercising. And at this point I'm still like over exercising. And I was following what the internet was telling me was a healthy diet because I was trying to be diet. So I genuinely didn't think that I was under eating, but like, I wasn't eating and then I was eating a, and then I started eating a lot of like, like a lot of like meat. Like I would sit there and eat like five steaks and it, like I was like afraid of the carbs. And so I was eating a ton of everything else and I was still losing weight and it just, it was just a mess. It was just a fucking mess. Well, yeah. And, And I was seeing doctors and they were telling me that I wasn't working out enough. What? Yeah, it was so confused. And then and then I w- and then I'm losing more and more weight and then I get to this scary ass weight and then I knew like I was confused because it got so low and then I realized like I was going to die and so I'm like eating and eating and eating and not gaining weight and slowly over time I like built up my carb tolerance and like learned to not I could do it now. But then I was still losing weight and 
I didn't know what to do. And then went to the doctor. The doctor told me I was anorexic and that I was lying and that I wasn't eating food. Even though I, at that point, was like, I have orthorexia and exercise addiction. I will tell you right now, that's what I have. I don't have anorexia, but I do have these two eating disorders. And I want to be treated for them. I was told, no, you have anorexia. We know you're lying, that you're not eating food. So I literally had to bring my parents. I had to bring friends and family to doctor's appointments to vouch for me, to watch me eat. Like, that they saw me eat. Um, Because at this point, it went the opposite way. I was eating so much food like yeah I think about about, I, yeah I think about the amount of food I was eating and it was just and I just kept losing weight and it ended up a big part of that ended up being that I was put on a medication that I shouldn't have been put on um mm-hmm. they put me on a medication that makes people lose weight and whatever and so that happened and they tried to send me to an anorexia treatment center the same one that Kate went oh. to where I went, I, which actually I will say, I'll say it, Rosewood is one of the best there is. Yeah. You just, it wasn't necessarily what you needed at that time. But yeah. yeah. And like, incredible. I honestly was just like, I just wanted help. And I was like, I don't have anorexia. And I was really resistant to it because I was afraid. I was like, I feel like being around people with anorexia is going to hurt me more than it would help me because that's not what I have. So I don't want to be around other people without like... That's how I was yep. feeling. Like, it was so frustrating to me because I really wanted help, but I wanted help for what I was struggling with. I was like, mm-hmm. I need somebody to focus on, like, it's just, it's different, you know? And, like, I was, but then I was like, okay, I am just need to do this. So I went through the process of, like, they did, like, a phone interview with me. And, oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then after I did that, she was like, so I do the phone interview. They asked me like how often I exercise, how much I eat, what I eat in a day, like all these questions. And then like, she's like, so are you trying to tell me you don't have an eating disorder? And I was like, no, I am. <laughs> no, no. She's like, but you eat food. And I was like, I know I don't have anorexia. And she's like, well, then why are you coming here? And she's, I was like, my doctor told me I had to come here. And she was like, um, the intake said that. What? Like, the, whoever was doing, like, the – it was with, like, their team. Yeah. So that's surprised – yeah, that surprised me. I never told you this. When I started there, they first diagnosed me with orthorexia. And really? Then, yeah. It began as that. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was just all confusing. It was all confusing. And I ended up not going because my therapist realized that she had kind of misunderstood what was going on. And oh. then – um I really just focused on by that point I was had honestly like my health stuff pushed me out of it mm-hmm. like the second I realized like I could die crazy. right now like yeah. the second she sat down with me and said you could literally die I it snapped me out of it honestly yeah. like and I never did any I like I stopped doing all my weird things um but then it was just like kind of all the mental stuff that I think most people deal with, you know, like, yeah, that's after. That's yeah. True. And then I just like went through recovery here with my therapist, like just did therapy like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's so many different like routes that you can take mm-hmm. to get there. I think that there's no one correct way. I think obviously a lot goes into it. Like the first being like your physical state, um, obviously yours was extreme at the time and it did push you. Like I was having physical symptoms. Like I had lost my period and my hair was thinning, mm-hmm. 
dramatically. And, but at the same time, like, I don't know if I, I, I was not quite to where you were from like a weight standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I didn't have something pushing me like that. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that feels like to not only have fear foods, like, so that's what they call them a lot, like your fear foods. So yeah. fats, which like we talk about that sometimes because um, you definitely are all about the healthy fats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm learning to be, but I was so petrified of them. And um, where I'm going with this is I can't imagine what it felt like to have just like a fear of food from a gaining weight standpoint in addition to like when you had that incident where you like had the sweet potato and fainted. You know, well, no, but the, that was the thing, though. It wasn't a fear of food. This is what this is why I want to talk about this because people don't understand. It wasn't a fear of food from a gaining weight standpoint. It was a fear of food rooted from the the like the feigning from the carbs. Gotcha, gotcha. Like and from the physical pain. Like I mean, you know, to this day, I can't because yeah, of my SIBO and stuff. Like I get intense stomach cramps, and like that was where. That was what rooted it. It wasn't about like, but I'm not going to say, but then I think it's like on top of that, just like as a human, as a woman living in this society, I'm always have like my weight on my mind, I guess. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, Sorry, I, I understand better now. Yeah. You, no, I'm glad you said that because I, that's why I want to clarify. Huh? There's like layers to everyone's. Exactly recovery story in general like because there's so many like life situations and and memories and whatever there's so much that goes into why you make decisions around food you know mm-hmm. foods are really really emotionally driven um decision you make three times a day so you know whatever your family culture was like around food whatever you know you're reading about what what kind of people you surround yourself with like friends wise and peers what kind of activities you're doing if you are involved like if you're younger if you're in high school or college if you're involved in some kind of sport i mean it all comes into play so it's that's why it is so complicated and from what like you can never compare one person's that's one thing that drives me nuts it's like oh well my eating disorder was worse like oh my god no no, no. Like I would never say that mine was any worse than yours or anyone else's or vice yeah. versa because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it truly doesn't matter. Okay, I want to say something that like I don't know if you'll you might disagree with this and like I feel weird about saying this, but like what? I truly believe that the majority of the population has an eating disorder. Oh yeah. Like I I believe that the majority of the population suffers from disordered eating and yeah. disordered thoughts around eating. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I do. And it's a scary it's a scary thing to say and it's not like it's not even like accusatory. Like I'm just it's just a I'm just stating a fact It's just it, a fact like our society like every single thing I read in like the general media is like eating disorder like mm-hmm. in all these different groups that people become a part of like talk about how sororities breeding disorders, how dance breeds sports yeah. like all these things like I don't know how to escape it and I like I think the problem is that like most people don't they see eating disorders as like black and white they see like well I eat food so I don't have an eating disorder no that's not I mean I have a much different definition I'll tell you right now like when I went to treatment I didn't know what to expect I expected to be in a room full of just women Mm -hmm. um all very thin and that's not what happens. There were men, there were 
kids my age, there were people 50, 60, there were 70. Like there were like people my grandmother's age like in there with me. And um, it didn't matter. Like and and some were much heavier than others and some were very thin and some were not. And some looked really healthy. Some looked really – some – it doesn't matter. I hate to like even use those like they looked. But yeah, yeah, it just – it's all over the board and that's the issue too. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that was one of the things we wrote down that I want to talk about. It's like, you can't tell just based off of looking some at somebody, whether or not they have an eating disorder. Like people will say like, like I know people who have for sure disordered eatings, but they are at what people consider to be a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's like, well, no, she looks fine. So she doesn't. I'm like, I don't care what she looks like. Like it's about what, your thoughts and your actions like you can be and and then it goes the other way people will say we'll see a really thin girl and be like oh she must have an eating disorder that's not true that's not you can't just assume that like you can be at any weight like and also i mean i get pissed because like as a psychology student you know like i look at the like dsm like Oh, God. <laughs> I hate it. And literally, weight is part of the criteria. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. like anorexia is, like, low weight. You know? Like, that's part of it. And bulimia is like, oh, they, they, can, they can be at a normal weight. No, 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 no. I know people. I'm going to tell you straight up. I know people who are anorexic who look at, at a normal weight. Like, I don't care. You know? Um, I know people who don't eat who are overweight. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's so, a, like the D, the DSM for those who like they just need to insurance purpose for insurance purposes. If you are going to treatment or you are seeing a doctor for for your issues, whether it be um, more medical, like Christina's, or just like a psychiatrist or whatever, uh, they have to classify you for insurance purposes in order to like for me, like they had to disclose how severe it was to my insurance in order to give me time at the treatment center. And then when I started to stabilize, um, they wanted to cut back. Mm -hmm. So, but then when, what happened was I finally did open up after like probably about two months and they realized what was going on as far as like my anxieties and, and depression and panic attacks and like where, where that was stemming from. And they wanted to kind of dive into that because that was the core root of this entire problem. And then, but from a like weight and behavior standpoint, I was doing better. So the insurance company was battling with them and being like, no, she's, she's okay. And they're like, yeah. no, really, like we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, That's so annoying. Yeah, it was very frustrating. And then I felt from, I'm obviously pissed because yeah. I'm finally opening up and I'm being punished. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, so what they wanted to do, and I hope, whatever, I hope Rosewood doesn't hear this, but they <laughs> Um, is they wanted to essentially like kind of exaggerate like I was doing poorly again yeah. to me more level of care that I needed. But it's so, so it's not that they have like, to do that for anyone to support. Like that's why the healthcare system is so fucked up. I know you're all about like health wise, so yeah, share mine for wanna- real. <laughs> I love yeah. health wise. Well, you I don't. Do. I like talking about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't um, like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then I also want to bring up the label thing, like. I want to like, I think we're kind of taught to put things in a box and like, 
That's how other people respond too. And that was part of why I couldn't fit. I didn't think I had an eating disorder for so long because I didn't know what it was called. All I knew, I was like, I don't have anorexia because I eat a lot of food and I'm not afraid of like eating food, but I don't have bulimia because I don't like purge. I don't know. Like I had stopped binging and I, and Mm -hmm. I don't purge. So I was like, so maybe I don't. And like, it wasn't until I opened my eyes and felt like I don't care if this has a label or not. It wasn't until later I learned about orthorexia and like exercise addiction like i didn't consider that an eating disorder like until i opened up like how i thought about it that i was like no i do have an eating disorder but i had to realize like i don't care if i know exactly which one it is i know i have weird thoughts around food and i have weird behaviors around exercise and weird behaviors around food and that's an eating disorder to me a lot of like courage too and like self-awareness to be able to admit that because um yeah, at the time, I was not able to, like, really define it at that point. But I just knew the label. But to this day, like, when I don't say, like, I was anorexic. I just say, like, I hadn't, I'm in recovery for an eating disorder. Yeah. That's it. I'll never say, like, because I just don't think that it's relevant. And, again, it, it brings up way too many comparisons. It brings up also, like, no offense, but, uh, I mean, I'm being blunt on this podcast, yeah. but I don't need someone to like visualize like what I used to look like or yeah. what I, or who I was or the behaviors I was doing when I was sick. Like someone who's bulimic doesn't necessarily want to say like, Oh yeah, I used to purge. Like, no, that's not, not your business. And depending on where you are in your recovery, you decide when and where to disclose that. But like, I think the best way, the most PC and also just the most like loving to yourself way to say it is probably just, I'm in recovery for an eating disorder. That's something it's also make it less of I am anorexic. Like that literally becomes a self-definition. And yeah. other is just like, I am a person who had an eating disorder. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, also I just want to talk about how like the stigma around it is bullshit. Like I'm very open about it because I don't see, I'm not embarrassed about it. Like, but most people think it's like some taboo topic. And I just want to be like, fuck you guys. Most of you have one. So like, <laughs> Like, you know, like, you know, like, honestly, that's what I didn't scream. Like, don't look at because people look at me so strangely because I talk about it so candidly. Like, oh, yeah. Like, when, you know, like, and I'm like, I don't know why you think this is so taboo because you probably fucking have one, too. Like, at the at the rate that society is at, like, sorry to be straightforward about it. But like, you know, and, it, and that stigma makes people afraid to admit that they have one to themselves and then it prevents them from getting recovery, like from going through recovery and like healing themselves. And like the most important part is like, that's the biggest hurdle in my opinion is being like, I have, there's something wrong. I need to fix it. And then when going to that point and then that's a huge step. And then the second huge step is like actually fixing it. Like there was such a time period, like I had to mentally prepare between like, okay, I have orthorexia, I have exercise addiction versus like actually making changes, Mm -hmm. you know, and then actually making changes was the other huge thing. And that's not easy. No, not at all. I always like when people ask, like, how'd you recover? Well, yeah, first the weird like habits kind Mm -hmm. of went away, you know, like I tried to obviously stop weighing myself or um, (laughs) one weird thing I did was I um, used to look at like heights and weights of celebrities like for like hours like scouring the internet like trying Mm -hmm. to find out like how much like weird shit um but anyway so like yeah that's the obvious like you kind of let go of those things and you start to try to like not do 
them and, and eat something well-rounded, whether it's a meal plan that a nutritionist gives you or however you go about it. But just constantly um, kind of do the opposite of your reaction. Like if your reaction is res- to restrict, you have to do the opposite. So that's exhausting. But then there's like – that's kind of like the recovery of like the body, I like to say. Mm-hmm. And that's literally just like stabilizing, trying to reverse some thoughts and like just get – break the habits. Like as if you're breaking the habit of smoking cigarettes or something. You just – try to do less. Um, then there's like the recovery of like your actual like mindset, I think, and attitude and just thoughts, mm-hmm. um, which takes so much longer. And that has to do entirely on your like willingness. I think that a lot of women sometimes, and I, I don't say this judgmentally cause I did it too for a little while, start to almost enjoy the attention that they know they're getting. Yeah, um, for sure. It's like, oh, yeah, I went to treatment and I'm just like still struggling. And they might be doing better than they were. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're whining um, or anything like that. But I just feel like sometimes we start to it's – it's, again, like defining yourself by this struggle that then it's like I have to keep up with the struggle yeah. um, of recovery. I mean, where it's like yeah. you have to finally say like, no, like, look, I'm – doing really well. We don't have to talk about this constantly. We don't have to at every meal, like console me. Like <laughs> that's awesome too. Like that's anyway, I no, hope that's offensive, but no, I mean, I think that's really important. I had a close friend who was struggling and like, she, you know, she told me she wanted to get better, but it became clear to me that she didn't want to get better because she had learned to define herself through this and yeah. like wanted the pity and, just I could tell it was like she was scared to like know any other way and I remember feeling like that like if I stop exercising if I stop like I don't know being a like I don't know it's like a weird I'll say that I in many um like therapy sessions and and everything it's like well what's the fear of letting go and it's it's what I was good at like I've never been and I've written a blog post about um just college I never felt really like I found my my niche or I felt like I found my like calling as far as like a class or a major or something like that. So at the time when I was deeply in this, like that was what I was good at (laughs) and it's horrible to say, but that's what kept driving me to do it. And then also like, even honestly, up until like recently, I I think back and I'm like, it's scary to know that you kind of lost, you, you have such intense control during your eating disorder that when you realize that you've lost that, it does feel a little defeating. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie because especially when you're just having like a bad body day, you're like, man, I used to be able to do this. Like why? I don't know. And you start to get in kind of a trap as far as that thinking too. But with that being said, my, my day to day is like so much happier and like so much more present and so much more fulfilled just because I don't spend every waking minute thinking about this. It's just crazy. Like, I think once you realize like how much more you're capable of, how much smarter you are than this, like it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I also want to talk about, I mean, I thought of like 20 questions while you're talking. So, but, um, I want to talk about, I mean, I wrote a blog post about this called the truth about recovery and like, like recovery, like I think like I'm sick of people talking about like, Oh yeah, I went through recovery and now I'm done. Like, it's it's not like that. You always are going to have thoughts. Like, and just because you have thoughts, like, 
No, it's true. You're always going to have thoughts. And this is why, and I, I've explained this to people. Sometimes I notice that, okay, correct me if you don't agree, but yeah. that will assume that maybe like a substance abuse addiction or issue is like more severe, but the truth of the matter is they're very, very similar because it's a, first of all, like a crutch to avoid whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But not only that, like in some ways we have it even harder because you can abstain from these like horrible behaviors. Like you can just, you don't go to, go to a bar, but yeah. you have to still go to dinner and lunch and breakfast and repeat, repeat, repeat. Like what if you told someone who struggled with alcoholism that you had to go sit for at least 30 minutes breakfast, lunch, and dinner time in a box. Like, that's hell. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have to realize, like, we're actually fighting something that's, like, a necessity, like a necessary life activity. (laughs) And just so prevalent, like, everything I see on social media, I just feel like fuels eating, like, every day I have to self-talk. Like, it's a comparison trap. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I see stuff, like... I get triggered with the exercise stuff a lot. Like, I'll see people working out more than me, and I'll be like, should I be doing more? No. Like, self, like, no, 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 no. Just because she's doing that, that's too much for me. Like, you know, it's, like, weird shit like that, and it's just everywhere because everybody's posting their food. Everybody's posting their workouts. Everybody's posting, like, it's just a mess. Like, and I... The other thing I want to talk about is what I eat in a daze because I was thinking about this when you said um, you became like you would look at celebrities height and weight, right? Oh, totally. Like I want to talk about like some of the like weird things we did when we were like in it. Um, (laughs) And one of the things I did, what? So if you're doing these. Yeah, yeah. No, one of the things I did was I was obsessed with what I eat in a day post. And I would spend hours on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what's, why is what I'm, like, why is this happening to me when all these people who look healthy and happy, I'm eating the exact same way as them and I'm disintegrating. (laughs) Like, like, and it fueled it. Um, And you have issue too, which if we many of those what you eat in a day YouTubes are like the high carb low fat too yeah yeah so it was just a mess and like I don't know and then like the compulsive exercise like oh I'm 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 not doing anything so I'll do some I don't know like I don't know I was just always finding ways to add it in when I had already worked out that day yep um are we sharing like our weird thing yeah I feel like um, you probably have weirder things than me. I do. <laughs> I'm just assuming, but no. I first off, like I looking back, like I used to always make myself run, and I fucking hate running. So that's like that's not that weird. But like looking back, I'm like, dude, obviously you were like a slave to the treadmill, yet you can't stand running and never ran in your life before. Yeah, like, very clear, not something that you like to do. Um, but as far as weird things, like I remember. Obviously, the weighing myself was so out of control, but um, the celebrity thing was weird. In the mornings, like, I would head to the dining hall, and I would, like, sit there and, like, pick out, like, I would get, like, a tiny bowl of, like, raisin bran and, like, pick out every single raisin and and just, like, stand over the trash can, like, with the raisins. Um, I would, like, my grandma sent me, like, Christmas cookies, and I, like, would take a bite and then, like, 
throw out the cookie and then take a bite and then throw out the cookie. Like I would just could only do one bite of things like standing over trash cans. Mm-hmm. And then like, I remember, I hope my like mom doesn't listen to this podcast. She's going to be like, what? You were so sick. Um, I remember like taking food and like pouring water over it to destroy it. Like, mm-hmm. like, that, like so that I couldn't eat it. Wow. Um, I drank a gallon of green tea a day to, as a diuretic. Oh my God. Yes. Like, yeah. Sleep. I would use tea. Yeah. I drink green tea. I just felt so... I don't even know how I did it. I was just depleted. I could barely... Okay. I couldn't, like, leave my bed. I was so tired. My body was physically tired. I couldn't... I remember at the time I was working two internships, and I remember I had to park up a hill, and it would take me, like, 45 minutes to walk one block up a hill because my body was so sore. But I would go home... I would go home to do my hour and a half workout like so all of my energy for the whole day was dedicated to that workout that's nuts but yeah i know i mean it's actually not nuts i actually believe you and completely can relate i mean honestly i um yeah i think i just went into like superwoman mode when it came to the gym like i definitely didn't have enough in me to like have the energy to, to do it but you just like power through and you just keep going and i think um what else would I do? Like, but just- also, but also, the problem was like, even when I realized something's, even when I finally realized something's wrong, it's like, so then that's why I turned to like the internet and stuff, and like I'm like I'm following this person's what exactly what this person, how often, how much exactly this person said to do to exercise, exactly what this person does to eat. Also, why am I so unhealthy? On- what? Can we touch on the fact that like what someone says they do is like probably not what they really do? Like, yeah. let's get real. Let's get real for one second. Like, yeah. I have the society where we give you, like, you know, recipes and stuff. Like, I don't eat that way perfectly every day. Like, no. No. Yeah. I have my days where, like, shit gets real. So I just think that we all need to understand, too, that, like, health coaches and, nutri- like, just people in the media um, and who work in, like, health have to put forth this – persona that they eat really well every day and like we don't like sometimes like pizza happens and things happen like um and even just amounts like like i mean you were we're talking about this like it's like you guys give recipes for breakfast lunch and dinner that doesn't mean that all you're eating is breakfast lunch and dinner no i'm a huge grazer yeah big snacker like i'm all day because my mood is so affected by how hungry i am like people know that so Mm. i have snacks in my bag all the time like snacks for this podcast yeah, Literally. and I mean, and I talked about this on the Instagram Lives podcast, like, people, like, sometimes people don't do it intentionally, but sometimes people do just buy things for photos, just, sometimes people do intentionally lie about it, like, it's really common, like, <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah. I know people who do what I eat in a days, and they, they put less than, than what they actually put, because they're like, I think people will think this is too much, like, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's super annoying. Okay, I want to know: Do you think that somebody can recover on their own? No, I don't. Me neither. Uh, and I and I don't say and like I hope that doesn't come off as like they're not strong enough because that's the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, I just think you absolutely need to. Number one, to fully recover, you need to, to figure out what sparked you to start to, like, rely on these behaviors in the first place. Like, it is not about the weight. Mm-hmm. It is 
during the eating disorder. Yeah, that's all you think about, maybe. Or I can't say, but for me, that mm-hmm. was. But it, so, it's so much more than that. So that's number one. That's the first reason. Second reason, I do think you need a really wonderful support system to really recover. And that's also hard because in treatment, I saw people who didn't have that. And you have to find your own, like sometimes, sometimes it's not your family and sometimes it's not your friends. Um, so you have to work really hard to develop like that kind of like relationship with someone or a group of people where you can feel confident and comfortable in sharing what you need to share. And to be honest, because that's the other thing you, if you can't be honest with people and yourself, like, how are you going to do it on your own? You have to have like some guidance. And also the most important reason is because you're not thinking rationally. That's what I wanted to bring up. Like that was, that's what I kept telling myself in my head when people would say things to me and I'd be like, no, no, no. I had to tell myself, you are not in a mental space to be making decisions. Like you aren't thinking rationally, just let them decide. Like I had to tell myself that like, force myself to just give the reins over because you don't realize how like out of your mind you are. No, you don't. I mean, you truly don't. I thought it was normal to like pack and hide a scale under my bed when I came home for Christmas. Like that's not normal. Um, so yeah. And, and everything was just weird. So I think that that's the, the number one reason is you just need someone in a different state of mind than you are to make those kind of decisions. And in my case, it was my parents. I was also younger but um, maybe it's a spouse or whatever, but it needs to be someone who really gets it because you're not able to, or gets you, I should mm-hmm. say, and knows who you as like at your core really are and, and are able to recognize that like you're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody thinks they have an eating disorder and they're yep. like, what, what should they do next? If they think they have it or if they think someone they know has it. Let's start with they think they have it and then we're going to get into the other one. I think before you like take to the internet (laughs) because I see a lot of – first off, don't research. Just hold off on that, number one. Um, You're not in the space to do that. Second of all, like I applaud you for for recognizing that there could be an issue. But I think you need to assess like what point person you – feel you could be the most honest with it might not be your parents it might not be your best friend it might not be your boyfriend it could be someone more removed it could be like an aunt that you only see like every once in a while but because you know you have to decide who it is that you can really be honest with and then I would say reach out and let them know and then decide like from there how far do you want to go with this do you want to first just kind of like be seen by someone physically get assessed see a therapist see what's going on with your thought patterns but don't look up the DSM either. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it that it, it is an illness and it is a mental illness that that does kill people and yeah. it there are deaths related to eating disorders. So I think that much like if someone became diagnosed with cancer, um you would come together as a family and make decisions on how you're going to handle this and yeah. how you're going to But that's that gets into resources and everything else too. So that's really hard. And and I understand it's like treatment's not easy. There were people who were um, moms that were away from their kids, people who professionals away from their jobs. Like it takes, it it takes a lot of courage to like leave your life or drastically change your life Mm -hmm. for this. But I agree. Okay. So then what should you do or if you think someone you know has an eating disorder, in your opinion? Definitely don't say anything in public. 
or around other people. Like really, if you, if you are truly concerned, I don't, don't make a passive aggressive statement while you're like out to throw you Like, yeah, don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, Oh, that drives me nuts. Um, I was just trying to help. Like, no, you weren't. That's why you chose to do it in public around people that they would get embarrassed by. Like, it just makes it worse. It just makes it worse. So, um, I remember those kind of comments. That's why I'm getting pissed off. Yeah, I know. I know. Me (laughs) too. I think, Okay, I just want to say I'm so passionate about this that I I know not everybody's of this opinion, but I feel so strongly that if you think somebody has an eating disorder, you have to tell them. Oh, like, yeah. That's, like, yeah, was, so many not- people disagree with me on that, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Because, like, okay, I when I had an eating disorder, I was desperate for somebody to be like, I think there's something wrong with you, like, besides my doctors, and everybody ignored it. Everybody yeah. ignored it. My parents no. told my family that they weren't allowed to contact me because people outside my family were asked my parents, like, what's wrong with Christina? Because they saw how thin I was and they said, don't contact her. So I, nobody contacted me. Meanwhile, all my friends were afraid to say anything. My friends were telling me I looked great. Like, not a single person besides, like, my... Or I wish I looked like that. <laughs> yeah, my... Yeah, exactly. Not a single person besides my doctor, like, my GI and stuff was saying, like you have a problem. So because of that, I was like, well, then I think my doctor's just crazy because why are ever nobody else in the world saying anything? You yeah. know? Plus, I'm realizing this. I completely agree with everything you're saying. Like, that must have felt so yeah. lovely at that time. I I'm would... actually going to use two examples of, like, two um, women in my life, friends, who did the right thing. Okay. So instead of, like... Because I was on the receiving end of this advice. So I don't really... Not that I don't know. Obviously, I would make sure. I think it's so dependent on your relationship with that person and how severe their eating disorder is. Like, is it? Is it? I'm coming to you and saying, like, you need physical help right now, or I think you should see a therapist and see what's going on with your thought patterns because it's very different when you're like at a scary thin stage or when like the patterns and behaviors are there. Yeah. So neither is more um, dangerous than the other. Just you act differently. Yeah. Dependent. But anyway, okay, so two things. I came home from the assessment that I went to Rosewood, and I came back to my dorm, and my I said the same thing to my roommate, who was, like, not even my roommate for that long, and she's amazing. We're still friends. She's the nicest girl ever, and she helped me so much. And she sat down with me, and she's like – I was like, I don't have an eating disorder. Like, do you honestly think I have an eating disorder? And, like, she could have so easily – first off, like, she's now actually a psychiatrist. Um, oh. But she's – yeah. She could have so easily been like, I've only known this girl a semester. I have to live in the same room as her. Like, she's obviously worked up. Like, no, you don't have an eating disorder. Like, obviously, she's going to tell me what I want to hear, right? I would have done that with Mm -hmm. someone I I have to live in the same room as. And she's like, nope, you absolutely have an eating disorder. And I was like, damn, that was the – and I was pissed. I was so pissed at her. And – but she told me like it is. Like, no, you have something going on. It's I watch you day in and day out. I live in the same room as you. I see it. Yeah. And – Looking back, I'm so glad she did because I didn't want to be babied. Like, I didn't want to be tiptoed around. Yeah. You know? You need somebody to – that's the thing. It's like you might be afraid to address somebody. Like, I have a friend right now who is worried about her friend um, in this context. And, like, I'm like, you just have to say it. And she's like, I'm scared she's going to no. hate me. I Like, I don't care if she hates you right now. In six months, she's going to thank you forever. Like, so you, when- you have to be – like, honestly – it's like, so I'm not being dramatic. It's life or death. Like 
you, oh, yes. like if that person is mad at you for a few like for this period of time f- whatever like but you don't want to be responsible for like Mm-mm. i mean i hate to say this but like i honestly like i resent some people in my life who i straight up asked do you think there's something wrong because i wanted them to say yes and they said no you wanted like valid validation that you weren't like making this up yeah and i think yeah i can't imagine what that felt like i definitely um have had had similar experiences where like it was clear that looking back they were just telling me what they think I wanted to hear which sucks but I also had like I remember when I was in treatment I had like I guess probably a month or two where I just wasn't listening I didn't care I'd show up but like I was not in it to recover at all and um they pretty much were like making it clear to my parents like she really needs to get her head in the game and they were like begging and then my best friend since like childhood called me hysterical because I guess she talked to my mom and she's like I need you to do this. Like, I just really need you to do this for me, Kate. Like, I cannot lose you. And hearing her say, like, I guess that was my, like, aha moment. And I don't even know if I've ever thanked her for this phone call. But um, to hear her say, like, I can't lose you was like, oh, shit, this is real. Like, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) And I think because it wasn't coming from my parents, um, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm, like, sobbing. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I needed I needed that. So that was my moment. Yeah. No, sorry, I'm like crying. <laughs> it's so emotional. And the other thing I wish I had realized, like if you think <laughs> if you're like wondering like I was looking for validation. Like I didn't I was like, I don't know if I do or if I don't. If you're wondering that you probably do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I spent so long like not doing anything because I was just like, I'm not sure if I do, and I don't want to go to all these drastic measures if I don't. No, like I was wondering, so I did. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Jim, there's there's something, and it, it goes back to the disordered eating too. Like maybe it's it's just disordered eating patterns. Maybe it's not quite to an eating disorder, but that's, that's enough. That's enough to take action because the bottom line is nobody deserves to have to like spend every day at every meal struggling with themselves. No, you don't deserve it. Yeah. And you just, I mean, I just don't, don't be afraid to be blunt with somebody. Like I asked, this was the thing. I asked so many people like, Okay, I had severe body dysmorphia. Like, I did not see... When I looked in the mirror, I genuinely did not see how thin I was. Like, I saw, like, how I always looked. And it took so long for me... I still don't even know if what I see in the mirror is, like, what... But at this point, I don't really care. Um, Like, I could And so I would ask people, like, I would say... Because I was just trying to get the fucking truth out. I was like, do I look anorexic? Because I was trying to understand how thin I looked. I genuinely could not see it. And, like, I look back in pictures now, like, and I just cry because I'm like, I, and I hate to, and I hate to say that, like, to, and, like, hypocritical because we're just saying you can't stereotype an anorexic but like that was the only way i knew how to ask like what do i look like because i was just trying to get some fucking answers out of people and nobody nobody would say yes i said they're like no like i don't know what you mean what an anorexic looks like like people would say that to me because i didn't want to like 
And I was just trying to get like the content out. And that's the only way I knew how to ask. Like, and I was like, are you sure? Like, no, like you're thin, but you've always been thin. People would say that to me because they didn't want to say like, and I was like, and honestly that it fucked me up because that like there was that happened for so I could have started like, like it wasn't until I realized how thin I was that I was like, I need to fucking like do this like it took me to realize how thin i was for me to actually take the steps to actually make changes and be like i don't give a shit anymore like about weight or anything like um yeah and to really realize that like it's health like that matters like and i could have realized that weeks earlier and maybe i wouldn't have gotten as thin as I got and caused... I mean, the thing is, like, you don't realize, like, the long-term damage that it does. Like, I'm still dealing with what I did to my body at being such a low weight, which, I mean... And I and I didn't... It wasn't even all me. Half of it was my stomach. It was, like, the eating disorder combined with, like, my stomach issues combined with that medication I was on. And, like... Yeah. But I'm dealing with repercussions and I'm going to for a long time and most people are. It fucks up your hormones. It fucks up your metabolism. Fucks up your period. Fucks up your hair. Fucks up your nails, your skin. Like, everything. And it's not an easy they fix. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not an easy fix. And it just makes me so upset because people don't understand what they're doing. I'm like, you're gonna ruin... You want to eat less right now to ruin your metabolism for the rest of your life? You're going to deal with that for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. But they can't think. Like, I mean, you know, and I know. Like, you're not thinking that yeah, way. Yeah, you don't think that way. And that's why I'm saying it right now. Because in case somebody's listening to this who thinks they might have an eating disorder, like, sooner you fucking turn it around, like, and realize that it's about health. It's not about weight. It's not about, like, you need to be healthy. Like, that is what matters. Like, if you have a heart attack tomorrow... Is it really worth being skinny for that? Yeah. Is it really no, worth control to like to be that close to dying? I think people don't. Re- I did not realize how close to dying I was. Like when you're too like you don't realize what that's putting on your body. Like like there was so much stress on my heart. They were like, if you're overstressed, like you could really get a heart attack and die at any second. And I was like, fuck. I'm you- sorry. No, it's just, like, it makes me so upset because I feel like people don't realize, like, what they're doing. Like, because it's, like, how you were saying before, people need to treat an eating disorder the same way they treat any other kind of illness like cancer. It's just as serious. Like, and I feel like people tiptoe around it and try and avoid it. And I'm, like, if I had cancer, would you fucking avoid it? Like, if I had, I don't know, just something with, if I broke my leg, would you avoid it? No, you'd fix it. Like, it's no different. Absolutely. It's even more complicated because it can be physical and mental. Like, the mental part is the hardest part. That's the most important part. And that's the part that literally will take you forever to, like, deal with. If you ever completely, you know. Absolutely. I'm just, like, I get so. I know you do. I see you. I get so upset. And And then, I mean, I was talking to my friend about this earlier. Like, as somebody in the health space who had an eating disorder, like, people will, are you not eating that because you have an eating disorder again? Are you orthorexic again? Oh, that's not fair. You know, like, it, it it's like after you get to that's a... That's when I tried to be vegan. Yeah. 
it's like, like you guys like yeah yeah it's like it's almost like if you care about being healthy then it turns into like blaming it on an eating disorder when it comes from a completely different place because that mm-hmm. to me is what it is it's like what what are what's your intentions behind things am i not eating this food because um because i'm afraid of it because i think i'm gonna get fat from it or am i not am i not eating it because i generally just i don't want it because i don't think it's healthy for my body right now yeah that's it's different intention yeah two different intentions when you make those decisions every decision i mean it's really it comes down to intention like if you're talking to yourself poorly and eating disorder aside or eating aside like any decision you make if you're telling yourself like i suck i'm a failure i am this i am worthless like no, no decision based in that kind of talk is going to be a positive one on your life. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to yeah. So, let's talk about recovery or yeah. whatever's the next question. Well, I was going to ask one of the, one of the other questions somebody sent in. They said, "Do you have any tips on how to overcome the voice in your head that says this is too many calories, too many carbs? You need to work out after eating this so you don't get fat. It's something I deal with, and I'm trying to overcome it." Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean. It's, an amazing question and it's um really really hard <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie um people do still ask me like you don't count calories anymore I'm like nope um it's hard when when rituals and behaviors become so ingrained but with that being said I think that and I'm not just saying this from like I'm not just regurgitating what a therapist told me like I'm here to tell you like it does work yeah. so um you need to learn how to be mindful Because when you're thinking about, first off, when you look at a bowl of ice cream and you're like, that's going to make me fat. Now, okay, let's take a step back. Just let's get in a rational state of mind. Does one bowl of ice cream create like multiple pounds of weight instantly? No. Yeah, exactly. You know that. You are a smart woman. You understand that that is not the reaction or that's not what will come as a result of one bowl of ice cream. So why are you telling yourself it will? Because you're not being mindful. You're not being in the present. You're not thinking like, okay, I'm enjoying every bite of this bite of ice cream. Instead, you're either avoiding it because you're so scared about the future or probably what you're doing. Or maybe you're binging and you're thinking about past stuff or you're or like ruminating over like things that happened that day and then taking your stress out by binging. Like when you're eating in a disordered way, you're I can almost guarantee you're not being mindful. So if you can learn how to be present in every part of your life. And for me, that was like through dialectical behavioral therapy. That was through um, learning what my triggers are, learning like just in general, like how to check in and be like, where am I emotionally hungry versus physically hungry? Because I could be really emotionally full, leading me to feel not hungry at all, or the opposite, feeling like ravenously hungry. Um, And sometimes when you have an eating disorder or just anxiety around food, your hungerness is different or hunger is different based on like emotional level. Um, what else? Trying to think you have to just like, it goes back to doing the opposite of what you're, you want to do. So for me, affirmations were really key. Again, that's like super therapy, but it was, it worked. Mm -hmm. Yoga was really good. It made me actually feel like I was in my body for that. Like Hour and a half class, it was the only time I ever felt like I truly knew what it felt like to be in my body. Mm-hmm. And because I, too, suffer from body dysmorphia. And to this day, like, if I had a really hard day, I look in the mirror and see something different. And that's 
crazy, right? Like that it has such a, a strong hold of us. But I'm also like a big fan of find some sort of, I'm going to use the word higher power because I just don't know what else to use, but find a way to like just smother yourself in gratitude (laughs) because I think like, especially you can relate to this because you had such a physical um, story of just like physical danger Mm -hmm. that now I have to literally talk to myself um, and just say, stop bitching. You can walk. Yeah. Are you freaking out about your legs right now? Mm -hmm. Like, come on, Kate. Like, especially when you look at other areas of your life too, like you might have an amazing romantic relationship. Like you and your partner are just very happy and it's a really healthy relationship. Or you have an awesome career that you're killing it in. Like you don't, (laughs) when you have to like, you have to remind yourself of these things. Like my body allows me to live a life that can hug my daughter or son or something. Like you have to remember that every single day. And that's what, that's the first thing I tell people is like, Learn what it means to eat mindfully and then start finding gratitude. Find gratitude that you even want to recover and that you recognize that you're counting calories and shouldn't be. And then challenge yourself every single day. I'm not here to tell you it's going to be easy. It's going to be probably the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be so much happier. Yeah. I think for me, what worked, what helped me was logic like reasoning myself out of these thoughts and like at first it's kind of like the thing like fake it till you make it like I I wasn't ready mentally to do things so I had to tell myself I have to eat this because my doctor prescribed it like this is medicine like I'm going to die and like even though I was uncomfortable doing I'm like I just have to do it and like and then I had to spin in my head like I'm showing strength right now by just eating this even though I don't want it you know I'm showing strength by like like you just had to like like with the exercise I had to find things to replace the time like I couldn't just sit there and think about it I had to be like I cannot exercise so I need to do like I need to I need to find something to distract myself and at first you know that's fine until because it's not just you can't just switch off the thoughts like like so but the first thing to me is like switch the behaviors and then that makes it easier to control the thoughts later as you like do you know what I'm saying? It's like that thing where they tell you, like, if you smile all the time, later you'll yeah. feel happy. Like, you'll learn to just, like, feel happy. Like, yeah. um, it's the same thing. And so I would just, like, reason to myself, like, every time I ate, like, I had to eat, like, an obscene amount of food to gain any weight. And it took forever. Like, and so it was really uncomfortable for me to sit down, as I think it would be for most people, especially with my history with binge eating disorder. I felt like sometimes it was, like, I don't want to go back to my other eating disorder like but I had to sit down and I had to eat I would I'm not joking I would sit down for a snack and I would eat three jars of almond butter like for days in a like as one snack and I was eating at least six times a day like and so and that's uncomfortable okay and I Mm -hmm. and it and I had to tell myself I, I just honestly I would picture my nutritionist in my head telling me you have to eat it you yeah. have to eat it like this is like for your health this is your medicine it's like your version of a pill if I had something that a pill would fix you know like yeah. and so I just had to detach the emotion from it and just be like this is what I have to do like the same way like when you take fucking like cough syrup and it tastes like shit you just gotta do it you know yeah. Exactly. Like, and that's how I, I had to view my food and stopping my exercise. 
that's what I did with my meal meal plan. Exercise was hard to stop, um, just because I was like, oh, I can find a way. But mm-hmm. and I did actually stop, and and to this day, like I don't exercise as I hate to use like should because like I don't want to should all over myself, but like I probably should exercise more often than I do. I should prioritize it more. Um, I have a lot going on in my life right now, so like I I'm from a rational state of mind, I'm able to say like, okay, I will you know, start to prioritize it more. It's 2017, just from a feel good perspective. But, um, where was I going with this? Anyway, you have to not like be like, this is what I should be doing. No, what you should be doing is exactly what your doctor told you to, or your nutritionist or whoever created this plan for you, because you don't have the ability to, to make the like most rational or, or positive decisions right now. Yeah. And also you have to remember, I think people get really caught up in like, what you're doing right now to heal yourself is not what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm eating three bars, three jars of nut butter right now. I'm not going to do that like forever. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe you're not allowed to do any exercise right now, but that doesn't mean you're never going to be able to exercise again. It's just like you, you can't get caught up. I mean, somebody asked me like, how did you know when to start eating less? Because after I gain the weight back, if I keep eating like this, won't I get fat? Somebody asked me that. And I was like, it doesn't work like that. And stop worrying so much about what's going to happen in the future. What do you need to do right now in this moment to heal your body? Like, and you won't, it's like in the future, your hunger levels will even out more. You'll learn what your body needs when you reach a better weight. Like everything will even out. Like, but don't worry about that right now. You'll definitely be able to feel what your body needs. And also, like, just take it day by day. Like, I think, I mean, someone with an eating disorder probably suffers from, like, all or nothing thinking. That's obviously very common and goes hand in hand. But, um, yeah, just one day at a time. Honestly, like, I gained weight back when I was starting to, like, recover and I got to a healthier state. But then for a while, I wasn't really, like, I was still very thin, like, much thinner even than I am now in the past year because I still was like plagued with anxiety like Mm -hmm. and and really struggling there which anxiety and depression can affect your weight too so that that goes to show that like I am at like my next stage of recovery because I have like kind of gone back to the weight I was before I had an eating disorder which was never overweight but what I'm saying is like you you just have to take it by day by day yeah I totally agree and I think another thing is like uh, stop doing I think I just think that social media is such a big part of it and like I had to unfollow people I had to stop reading some people's blogs I had to stop watching YouTube videos like I had to I had to stop and even in my own personal life I had to stop hanging out with certain people stopping around people and start I I attach myself to people that yeah, I felt I didn't that I think even to this day, there are people that I'm more aware of, like food and fitness and all that than others. I'm not thinking anything about it, you know, like and you don't want to be around somebody who's making you think about that stuff. You know, exactly. I definitely had to set some like serious boundaries with people, like particularly girlfriends, like people who I I mean, we didn't have a relationship anymore because I couldn't do it. And I, that takes a lot of courage, too. But. When you start to, here's the, here's one thing about recovery. And I don't know if you agree, but it is so hard. (laughs) Like it is so, so hard. But when you start to get like tastes of victories, it's 
really awesome. So good, in fact, that you want to keep trying and you want to keep going. So like I, you know, in the beginning I was like, fuck this, I don't want to recover. But then once I started to like kind of get like these like sigh, like a couple sigh of relief moments where I was like, okay, like, wow, that's nice to not have to like spend, you know, two hours surfing the internet looking at celebrities' weights. Like what? Mm -hmm. I have time to like go do something fun. Crazy, right? Um, You start to want to keep it going. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with it. You start to – so then like it becomes easier to be like, wow, I need to have – that conversation with XYZ that she's triggering me a little bit. And, and that's, you know, something that maybe you work with a therapist or another like person in your life that's supportive to figure out how you say it. And ideally, you know, you, you set a boundary and you say, can you please leave that out of our relationship? Like, can you not tell me about your gym membership or anything like that? I don't want to know, but if they can't, then you have to cut ties sometimes. And yeah. I mean, this kind of relates. This is another question. Like, just in general, how do you deal with triggers now? Ooh, good one. Um, I know what they are. That's the first. So I kind of um, to, what are to they? give them a name. Ooh, that's tough. Um, well, honestly, it's just like emotion more mm-hmm. so is a trigger. Just like feeling – when I feel overwhelmed, I get yeah. triggered to feel like, like gross in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely – my it depends on what your like fixation kind of was like mine was a thigh gap like I was obsessed with having a thigh gap that was like the biggest thing for me so because I think because I always carried my weight in my hips and my butt and my thighs so like mm-hmm. that was like yeah and to this day like if I just like hear talk about it or like sometimes if I see someone's like really thin or like in that area of their body like it feels hard for me or if I like wear a pair of pants that's like typically my size like what I wear today and it's like tight in my thighs I'm like oh you know it just like set gives me this sense of that was another thing like that was so triggering to have like my sick clothes in my closet so like when I made these decisions to like rid myself of some of it and like stop buying like I used to love like us weekly and like people magazine because like not just because they have those like stupid diet things but also just for like bachelor gossip yeah (laughs) so but I I mean I can't I can't read them I cannot read that kind of stuff I can't watch you know America's Next Top Model anymore I don't even know if that's on anymore but I don't watch things like that I don't same you you know find other things that fill you up yeah I think too like it's very important to find a hobby or something that you love to do that you feel good at and that you feel really excited about doing. Um, because like I said, like your eating disorder and the behaviors around it, whether it's exercise or whatever, become your hobby. So you need to, to find a new one. So that helps me too. Like for me, it was like blogging and everything I've done in that space. Um, so now like I could work all day. I'm happy to work because I like to do it. So I don't, I don't feel like I need to like spend my time like reading Us Weekly because I have more um, fulfilling things, activities in my life. Yeah. And one other thing I just wanted to like, <laughs> I was thinking about was, I mean, I know a lot of people eating disorders, it's like, you think that once you reach a number or something, you're going to feel better or when your body looks a certain way, you're going to feel better. You're not like in like first of all you probably won't even like look the way you want to look because (laughs) I mean like just like straight up like 
you're not gonna look like that toned lean girl by not eating food like like, you know like first of all it's not gonna work out like i looked so disfigured you know like when i was so low weight but even then even if even if somehow you do reach your goal weight or goal you will not be that's not gonna make you happy it's just not like i've never felt honestly the more weight i mean the more weight i lost the more insecure i felt the worse i felt i was embarrassed for people to see me and i had all these other health things that were just i wrote a post about it called the ugly side of skinny have you read that like Mm, all these things that just ruined my day it hurt me to sit on a fucking chair i was freezing Mm. all the time my hair was falling out my gums were bleeding like i could it hurt me to hug people like it just all these things i couldn't i just felt like i couldn't get through my day i you know like my knees would hit each other it was hard to sleep like i didn't know what what position to fucking sleep in because it hurt my knees when they stacked on top of each other when i was on my side like just all that little shit that you don't realize like it was just like torturous like it's not and i took those things for granted you know and like sometimes sometimes i'm glad like all that shit happened because now it's like if i'm triggered i remind myself of that i'm like do i remember how horrible that felt like i would much rather you know i just to me it's almost like it's not worth it i've worked so hard that it's like not worth giving up it's kind of like like again like not 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 to use like alcohol as an example but like if someone had 10 years sober from alcohol like is it worth it like yeah no it's not worth it it's so not I mean I just know what path where it leads me to I remember like how shitty my relationships were with people because I was like so not present like I didn't have I didn't laugh like what that sucks I don't want that ever again and I, I don't and then the physical stuff too like that was embarrassing I remember since this is a college podcast I remember like really cute guy on my floor and like I don't know really like hooking up and like I had my hair all over his like chair like, yeah was, why is your hair falling out like yeah. oh, talk to you later don't ever kiss me again yeah <laughs> like no no I hope that's not am I but like seriously like no for like, real no yeah but I didn't want to go to party like yeah no I was so I was embarrassed people see me yeah like but anyway no that was yeah okay well, funny. do you have any closing thoughts? We're at an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. I know. Were there any, like, questions, like, more, like, action-focused? Or was there anything that we missed? Like, I want to make sure that people feel like, okay. We covered is- everything oh. that I had, like. Okay. I guess I just want to help. That I had. But, like, we can definitely do a part two. Um, I just. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just want to be sure that whoever's, like, listening understands, like, we totally went on a tangent about just, like, how much it sucks. And it does. And I'm not discrediting that for damn sure. But I do just want people to understand that, like, I re- like I personally can speak for myself. I can't speak for Christina. But I know Christina. And I can say, like, we have recovered. Like, we've gone through it. And, yeah. like, that's the point where, like, it, it's not – not there anymore so because i remember being in a place where i was like there's no way like there's no way i'll never not have this yeah that's the thing you feel like you can't and i almost accepted it i was like i don't want it i'm not saying that i want to have memes or i'm just like coming terms with the reality that like i always will and then thank god i kept pushing like a little further and 
that isn't the case. So yeah. that's truly what matters. No, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like I had it really helped me to read other people's stories about it who had overcome it because I was like, okay, if they can do this, I can do it too. You know, like, so you can do it too if you're struggling. And even if you're not struggling with this, I just think it's so important to understand what other people are struggling. Like, I just want, I think everybody needs to try and understand this more. Oh, yeah. And be aware of it because it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Like, to be straight up, I think I know maybe three or four people who I don't think have disordered eating and almost ev- and everybody else in my life uh, does. Yeah. Which I'd might say- seem really dramatic, but I literally can name them on one hand. Yeah. Um, I know. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. So I think... I want to make sure too that everyone knows that like you can feel free to reach out to me and ask me any questions. I'm an open book. I mean, I get, um, I got pretty candid here, but I get candid, especially when people reach out like about specifics, I'm not afraid to go there and, um, and about mental health and mental illness in general. Like I've, I've done more than just treatment for an eating disorder. And, um, so I'm willing to go there too, but I think what is important is when you do ask questions, um, not necessarily because it's triggering to me more so because it's not going to help you do not ask how, what a person, like what another person eats and like, don't yeah. ask how, how many calories someone do- like eats in recovery. It's, it's not the correct way to go about it yeah. and it's not healthy for you. And that's why I don't, I don't answer those questions Yeah, and I, I have, and that's again, my boundaries. And that's where I, um, have to stand up for myself in my recovery is like, I know, You've mentioned getting similar questions. So I have. And don't ask me. (laughs) Like, for stuff like that, you need to, like, I'm not a psychologist and you can't depend on, like, I'm an open book. I'm super candid. I'm happy to answer questions or, like, you know, like, but I'm not a psychologist and you can't, like, depend on, you can't depend on us to heal you. (laughs) Like, you know, like, I also, I don't know everybody and I'm also not a a registered nutritionist. Like I can't tell you what to eat right now. You know, like, so we're here to support. Yeah, we're here to support and we're here to answer any questions. We like, you know, (laughs) like, and I'll tell people who message me, I'll be like, you really need to find a therapist, find a nutritionist, find, you know, um, but yeah. But, I mean, we are very open. I mean, I write about it all the time on my blog. Yeah. 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 And, and like, journal. Like, get these thoughts out. Get yeah, these, yeah. Like, get these, like, crazy, quote, unquote, I'm using the quotes with my fingers, mm-hmm. um, the crazy thoughts out. Like, you're allowed to think them. I don't want anyone to feel like they're then crazy for having these thoughts. Like, no, it's it's okay. It's absolutely okay to, to obsess yeah. and I don't want to say, okay, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes, it is where you are right now. And that's fine. You have to face your thoughts and just write them out and see them. Like they're there. Just do it. Like stop avoiding it. You know, that write a letter to my favorite things were, here's just like a couple things I love to do. I love to write letters to my body, write letters to my eating disorder. That's like a scathing letter. Yeah. Um, Letters to your future self. Like I find letters were very therapeutic for me. They might not be for everybody. Um, yeah, so just things like that. Kind of just find exercises. Go to yoga. Go to a yoga that doesn't have mirrors. Don't don't go to a yoga class with mirrors. That's one of my big pet peeves. Is I won't go to a studio that has mirrors. Um, 
just find things that make you feel like figure out self-care, you know, whether it's bubble baths or whatever, really just like picture yourself wrapping yourself with like the most loving hugs and blankets you can possibly do or find because that's what you need during this time when you make the decision to recover because things are going to resurface and come up that are, that make you feel bad about yourself and you have to just keep going. But also figure out who in your life, like you enjoy being around and who is supportive because like for me, when I was feeling just like, I want to fucking exercise right now and I shouldn't, it was honestly just easier for me to call someone and be like, Hey, want to hang out? And we'd go watch a movie yep. and then we'd talk and I'd refer- about something else and I'd, I'd forget about it, you know, ever isolate. Yeah. yeah. Isolation's the worst thing you could do. So yeah, even if, Honestly, and I used to have conversations with friends and be like, hey, like, I need to be with someone, but I don't really want to talk. Yeah. Like, let's watch a movie or something. And, like, you know, eventually you start to feel comfortable and you start to get, like, have conversation. But if definitely try to find, like, a friend where you don't, you feel really, really super comfortable. I'm sure yours is, like, your, is like Nina or someone. Yeah. Um, roommates are really good for this. Where I used to honestly, like, just, like, crawl into my friend's, like, bed while she was studying and just, like, be, like, in the room sometimes. Because yeah. it just feels good when you're – when you start to, like, hear those thoughts going through. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. So, yeah. Well, thank you for being so helpful and yeah. open and honest and – if you guys have any more questions, please um, please send them in. We can definitely do a part two of this if you want. I know it was already kind of long, but, like, this isn't an open and closed conversation. What? For those of you hanging in. Yeah. For the hour and a half, thank you. <laughs> You're the best. We love you. Um, okay. So... If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Please leave a rating interview on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, spread the word. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. All that jazz. And you- give Christina um, a link to a mentorship program that I used in recovery that I think might be helpful. It's called Mentor Connect. So you can link it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Um, yeah, and don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach out to us personally or you can go to actuallyadultish.com email us at actuallyadultish at gmail.com kate why don't you tell them where they can find you you can find me at my blog kaylinit.com um, and my instagram name is she be kaylinit and i will put all of that in the show notes too so you can just click on it and you can find me at my blog addicted to lovely.com and instagram is addicted to lovely too so yeah lots of ways to reach out So thank you guys for listening in and we will talk to you again next week. Bye.